Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. How are you? It's good to have you with us. And welcome to the first day of the WIBC Sunday Magazine Show. We're brought to you by our friends Greg Cooper and Lisa Phillips, the best real estate consultants in the city. They're with Crossroads Collective at Compass Real Estate, uh, HoosierHomeValues2023.com to check out what your home might be valued at or a home you're looking at. They are going to join us here at the bottom of the hour, and we are so grateful for their continued support. Uh, Hello to each and every one of you. I'm Terry Stacy. Kylan Talley is to my left. She's producing today's show. Good morning. Good morning, little one. Also, Denny Smith. Good morning, kiddos. Denny's got a couple great interviews. Kylan's going to bring us the uh, one of the representatives from Indiana that will be competing in the National Spelling Bee next week, headed to D.C. Mm-hmm. That'll be a fun trip. I It'll can't wait to trip. talk to him about it. Have you looked at the the weather, ladies? We finally got perfect. May. I mean, it really is perfect. <laughs> this is great. Let me spit my sepal call out. It was perfect for the Peony Festival yesterday up in Noblesville. Did have some on, on the desk right here. They smell amazing. <gasps> oh, I see them, Kylan. They're beautiful. There's a picture posted of them on our Facebook page, First Day with Terry Stacy, and you'll see also pictures of all of the wonderful people we'll be talking to. That's cool. That is really cool. I'm glad you went to the Peony Festival. Our state flower. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, it is May 21st. We're just a week away from the 107th running of the Indianapolis 500. Woo! It's the final day of its poll day, is Have what it is. Have you figured out the qualifications? It's really wackadoo. Well, I mean, there's it, yeah, the it fast is. row three and four, the fast rows one and two, and then you got the last minute charge it's going to be exciting if well, you can figure out the routine that's it that's the thing denny they have uh, brought back excitement to bump day what used to be bump day for those of you that are brand new to our world uh the qualifications used to be two weekends two four or four two, days yeah four days two weekends and the final day today what would be today was called bump day now it's called poll day it's Armed Forces Day at the track. We've got practice for the top 12. That begins at 1130 with, uh, let's see, qualifying for the top 12 begins at 2 o'clock today. So if you're headed out, you've still got time. Uh, but it is a little bit, you know, a little confusing. From 4 to 5, they'll be positions 31 to 33 will be determined. And then at 515, that's the Firestone Fast 6. That's when we will determine who will be the NTT P1 award for poll. So we will find out who's running next week. One week from today, we'll get the, the, the um, help me, Denny. We'll get it. It'll be set. Oh, the the starting three is 33. All right. There we go. Oh. I'm so sorry, guys. I've not been feeling well. and uh, But I'm getting better today. Today, I feel much better. But look better. at you. You look like a checkered flag this morning. Headed I mean, out to the track. You headed out to the track. Headed out to the track as soon as we're done here at 1 o'clock. Everybody knows Terry Stacy at the I track. I don't know about that, but I sure know. I feel like I... Even if I don't know you, I feel like I know you. It's just a, the greatest experience for me is the month of May. Um, the track will be open tomorrow for practice once the field is set 
from 1 to 3 o'clock tomorrow. So if you there's still one more day of practice, and you get to go out there tomorrow, besides Carb Day coming up this week as well. So yeah, I went out to a luncheon this week, and uh, while I was out there, I ran into Little Al. Al Enzer Jr., how are you? I'm doing fantastic. I'm at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, so life is great. I've been coming here for years and working out here. One of the yellow shirts, and he's 84 years old. He said, you know, it's just so emotional. More than anything, this is about memories for everybody that comes here year after year. Aside from the fact that you're a two-time Indy 500 winner, what other memories hit you the minute you walk in year after year? Oh, it's just just the, the sheer tradition of what the Indianapolis Motor Speedway represents. They've been racing cars here since 1911. It's one of the oldest races in the United States or the, and the world, for that matter. And so um, just just the sheer tradition of what it means to, to be back here and, and, uh, and to be a competitor and to race and, and just to be a part of this event. You know, the Indianapolis 500, has grown to be something that is more than just a race, okay? And so uh, for the drivers and the teams, it's, you have to treat it as just another race, but it's not. It's just simply it's not. And so uh, it's, a, it's a very magical place. I think, I think Mario said it best when he said that uh, God's eyes are on you at the Indy 500, and it's so true. You know, I was listening to an, an interview with Michael Andretti, and Michael Andretti said that his biggest competitor uh, was you. And for you, who was your biggest competitor? It was Michael. It was it was, Michael. It was both Michael and Mario. Okay, I mean, yeah. uh, but but mainly Michael. I mean, he, uh, him, and I had some great races. We raced each other fair, and uh, and for a long, long and, time. And, and, I mean, you're both. Were, I'm 61. I think you're 61. Yep, I don't know how old yep. he is, but probably about that same age. I think he said maybe you were a year ahead of him we're about six months apart okay right in that area six to eight months apart so uh but yeah i'm on the elder side unfortunately <laughs> not, much. not much i want to talk about the book alanser jr a checkered past it's your life yeah. and i want to talk about last week i spoke to patty spittler about the dog that saved her life okay. and i want to ask you about lola of course, of course. the The book is just brutally honest yeah. about my uh, my racing career and my personal life. You know, I I had a lot of uh, challenges with substance use disorder and that sort of thing, and so I wanted to share my story about that, which that brings in Lola. You know, uh, Lola truly did save my life in the aspect that, you know, there was some real dark times in, in my life and, and uh, suicide was a big word in, in my mind. And the one thing I noticed about Lola, it never crosses her mind whatsoever. And, and so um, and you I wanted her so bad. You I, wanted her so bad. You were, I think the steps of recovery or what they tell you is correct. you can have a plant for a year correct. and then you can get a dog. If the plant survives. <laughs> okay, the plants gotta survive. Right, right. And so, uh, yeah. So those are those are the things. And and uh, it was time. And Lola entered my life in a, in a very special time. And and uh, and she helped me get get completely away from those dark days with with her being present. 
Ellinger Jr., I tell you, uh, even as he makes his way around the track, and he's there frequently during this month, obviously, and, uh, you know, people still grab him and say, you know, hey, can you sign this? I mean, he's still he's still little Al. He was still real as a kid. We saw him as a kid. We saw him as an yeah. adult. We lived through every one of his life's tragedies, and he's still one of us. He really is. He's part and of he's fight, And he just fight, may has a fight every day. You know, yeah. that struggle every day. I'm sure that those that, you know, are going through recovery, you're, you're, you fight every day to stay sober. And uh, I've to, always at this said moment, that, he's clean I've, and healthy and happy. Yeah, I've always said that race fans are so intuitive about the human experience. They know yeah. the ones that have been through hell and back. And they know they know a little out. They do. I think we feel like we do. So you will see him out at the track, I'm sure. And he's always gracious to stop and talk to you and uh, and sign autographs or whatever you need. Just one of those great experiences as you see people out at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Well, coming up, the Indy Hat Project and how you can get a hold of some cool racing apparel that benefits the village of Marici right here in Indianapolis. You're listening to the first day on 93 WIBC. It's gonna be a good day, a good time. It's It is Terry Stacy and Matt Rainey, along with NFL Center Ted Karras, created something that you need this month of May. It's the Indy Hat, and proceeds benefit the village of Merici. And Matt is actually here with us right now, and we're so glad to get some time with you. How are you, Matt? Great, Terry. Thanks so much for having me. So so excited to be on. Well, thank you. Now, before we talk about the Indie Hat Project, I want you to tell our listeners about the village of Marici, which I understand your mom helped bring to life. She did, yes. So I have an older brother. He is His name's Jason. He's 45 years old, and he's highly functioning but developmentally disabled. So my mom actually worked in special education her entire career at Lawrence Township Schools. But there's a lingering question on her head, you know, kind of her whole life of, okay, when we die, what happens to Jason? Where does he go? Are there resources for him? You know, a lot of folks with developmental disabilities, when they're in the school system, there are a lot of resources. But the minute they're 18 or 19, you know, those resources really are kind of taken away. Um, So they they looked around the state and they realized there aren't many places where adults with disabilities can go and live an independent life. Mm. Uh, So that kind of started them down the path of saying, how can we provide more independence for these families and for these adults? So the Village of Marici kind of provides independence in two ways. One, through independent residential apartments and then through services. So they're helping enable, you know, teaching life skills to these folks to help enable them to live more independently. How many apartments do you have right now? So right now there are 22 units in an apartment building in Fort Benjamin Harrison. Uh, we act, there actually are 40 units opening up in Carmel uh, as part of the new North End development in the next couple months. And then the Village of Marici is actually purchased another building where it's going to expand another 40 additional apartments in the Fort Bend area. So it's a, a huge time of growth, and the Indy Hat Project is kind of helping fuel that. Has it been around for a while? The Village of Marici, I think uh, they broke ground and opened their first apartment building in 2014. Before that, they really started with services and community. So I think my mom founded kind of the initial book club uh, where they were doing a book club with adults with disabilities in the Indy area, I think in like 2007 or eight. So there's been a community and then they finally kind of figured out how to fund it and created a really cool model. I love that. Do you need volunteers? Do volunteers help uh, keep this place alive too? I mean, volunteers help. I'll do you one better though. There, there is a paid fleet of coaches out there that provide these services to adults. 
Uh, so that's a paid position. I think that starts at at least 15 or maybe 20 bucks an hour that, you know, call the village and, and they'll give you more information. Okay. Uh, but yeah, there is a fleet of these coaches that are helping, you know, teach these the residents and the people we support uh, a lot of different basic life skills and really provide kind of companionship throughout. Okay, let's talk about the Indie Hat Project because sure. this all ties in to helping you continue to fund and help. You've got a wait list, I understand, of about 400 people. Is that right? Yes, it's it's kind of a double-edged sword, right? It's like the more publicity Marici gets, it's an amazing thing, and it's kind of heartbreaking because there are just so many people that need these services and need these residential options. So it's really lit a fire under the organization to say, we got to grow because there is such a need out there. Yeah, that's a lot of people on a wait list. So uh, let's get at it. Let's tell, let's yeah. let everybody know how we can support you. Yes. Uh, and this is the Indie Hat Project created by you and Ted Karras, who won two Super Bowls with the Patriots. Now he plays for the Bengals. How did the, first of all, how did the two of you become friends? Eighth grade at St. Matthew's. So Ted moved to Indy when his dad became the head coach at Marion. Uh, he came into my eighth grade class. He was he was the new kid. He was he was, he was a big football player. I had a lot of football player friends. I didn't play, uh, but they all became close, and then we were you know in the same close friend circle basically from there on out. This hat project, tell us how this was born. The origin started last summer. So Ted signed with the Cincinnati Bengals. We were so excited he was going to be close to home. And he's got a neighbor in Florida where he lives in the offseason that runs a golf supply company. So they work with golf pro shops and help them get their hats and polos made. So he said, hey, you know, can you help me make a gift for my teammates? I want to make a hat. So they designed this kind of cool-looking Cincinnati kind of Bengals-themed hat that he started handing out to his teammates as a gift. It was literally just purely meant to be a gift for his teammates. And all of a sudden, people were like, oh, my gosh, where can I buy this? <laughs> Fans, reporters, media were hounding Ted. So honestly, like out of exhaustion, he just finally said, you know what? We can make money off this, and we're going to put all that money towards a great cause. So we launched the Cincy Hat Project last year, and it kind of went crazy. We sold like 11,000 hats so far. Wow. Uh, you know, and the Village of Marici is in Indianapolis. Ted's an indie guy. My family loves the Indy 500. My dad's been to like 55 in a row. So we thought, okay, well, I mean, we got to tie this into the hometown and into the place where Marici is. Uh, so, yeah, we kicked off the Indy Hat Project. So Ted's kind of our design guru. He's our, he's our product expert. He came up with a really cool uh, Indy 500-themed logo. Uh, we've got him on some awesome hats, T-shirts, and polos, and we've been selling those throughout the month. They're really cool. And, you know, if, you, if you've known me for a while, you know I love hats. And this has immediately caught my attention. I-N-D-Y. And the Y is filled in with black and white checks, like a, like a flag. 100% of the proceeds of the Indie Hat Project goes to support the village of Marici. In that specific need right now, it sounds like the money's all being funneled into creating more apartments, building more apartment space. Yes, absolutely. COVID was kind of a wild time. Uh, the Marici, village of Marici had, had purchased land in a building at Fort Harrison, and they had costed out the project, and that project cost X a couple of years ago. And now, you know, now that project costs a lot more with interest rates and in the, uh, you know, amount it costs to build buildings nowadays. And so, yes, absolutely. You know, this project is directly funding the building of more apartments to give more adults independent lives. So all the gear can be found at theindiehat.com. Uh, and like you said, 
I don't, I don't make a dollar off this. Nobody makes a dollar off this. Everything goes right into the Village of Marucci's bank account, and it's been just an enormous help for them so far. TheIndyHat.com. Yep. Okay, gotcha. And I'll also tell you, if yeah. you go to VillageOfMarucci.org, there's also a spot there that says, hey, let's buy a hat. Then, did I hear you're going to be out at the track? We are. So the Speedway Arts Council puts on a pop-up series. It's in the Wilcox Engineering Building, which is right, I think, at the corner of 16th Main Street. Uh, and they were super gracious and let us sign up as a vendor and waived all of our vendor fees. We're so grateful for them. So we're going to be out there pretty much all weekend. And then uh, kind of depending on if we have any inventory left, we might be out there next week. But we, we do have a lot of, of hats in stock right now, and they ship super quick. Okay. So if you're in the Indy area or anywhere near, I'd say one to two days shipping max. So don't think – don't no one out there is too late. We can get you hats real quick. Okay, perfect. TheIndyHat.com. And then again, out at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway in the Wilcox Engineering Building is where you will be all weekend long during Qualls. Polos, T-shirts, and hats, everything okay. there. Yep. Help this fantastic group and support the village of Marici and the wonderful work that they're doing. You know, we're just so grateful to the Indy community. Uh, you know, I, taking on a project like this is always a risk. Uh, it's a lot of time and effort, and the community has just shown up. Uh, we've already sold $50,000 in gear so oh far, and this is just our first year doing it. We're hoping to make this a, a yearly tradition that can provide a stable income stream, and we're just so grateful for folks just showing up in droves to support. Thank you, Matt. Thanks so much, Terry. 1127, we've got 68 degrees and bright, beautiful skies in Indianapolis. Uh, Terry Stacy, along with Denny Smith, Kylan Talley. In just a few seconds here, in just a couple minutes, we're going to talk to Greg Cooper and Lisa Phillips. But we want to talk about trending stories before we get into the newsroom mm-hmm. as well. A lot of good trending stories for Indianapolis. I just saw that Circle Center Mall doubled their profits in 2022. I know they wow. were on a rough patch for a little bit, but it's awesome to see that That's for our downtown space. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So they're back on track. They are. Good. And plenty of different looks for construction and new things for downtown. Um, the new Geist Waterfront Park in Fishers announced its official opening day is Saturday, May 27th. But it is having its free soft opening now through Monday. If you want to go and check it out before its official opening date, then today or tomorrow is the best day to do it, especially with the beautiful weather. I will say the city did approve a vote that non-Fishers residents will be paying $50 for par- for parking right there at the park. So be ready for, that, for okay. that additional fee. And then my final training story for you, a little shout out to Indianapolis. They were, we were one of the among three Indiana cities that made the U.S. News and World Report's best. Best places to live in the U.S. for 2023. Wow. Indianapolis. Indianapolis. Good job. Pretty proud of them. We'll take it. Yeah, we will take it. And I mean, this is the best time to be able to move here, right? Well, and in speaking of moving here... The queen of segues. Beautiful, Kylan. As we mentioned to you before, WIBC's first day program is brought to you by our friends Greg Cooper and Lisa Phillips, the best real estate consultants in this city. They're both with Crossroads Collective at Compass Real Estate. Who's your home value? 2023.com. And Greg Cooper joins us now on this beautiful, beautiful Sunday. Hey, Greg, saw you. You were at the track yesterday. Were you yesterday or Friday? Uh, actually, it was Thursday. I went out there Thursday. and got a nice Hoosier t- a lot of Hoosier tans going on out there. You take your uh, your golf shirt off and you got the lines working afterwards. I know, I know. That's exactly I know. right. I know. I, but, he, but Greg posted a picture and, he, and it was behind him was uh, a poster and Steve McQueen. You could just see Steve McQueen's face. Yeah, he and said, he I'll said, give a million yeah, dollars million to dollars. Yeah, he's had, I saw eight no. people ahead of me. 
No, no, I said I'd write a million-dollar check. I didn't say it would clear. Oh. <laughs> Speaking of which, Greg, given that there's so many choices to buy many new homes, home seekers, seekers, they're starting to choose new construction. What's the best thing about buying a brand-new home versus an existing home? Well, to simplify it, especially for somebody like me, Denny, I think the two words are new home. I mean, you've got all the nailed styles. You've got warranties. You've got brand new expensive furnaces and uh, fuel efficient things. I mean, it's just uh, it gives you everything on your wish list that you could possibly want, depending upon the amount of money that you want to invest. So it's a, it's a great option for many people. And Lisa, there's a perception, though, that building a new home is pretty easy and pretty simple. What is the biggest <laughs> challenge? What do people need to know when it comes to buying? Buying a brand new home. Well, it actually is overwhelming. Um, there's just so many choices to make from floor plans to lot choice to actually how to research a builder. It's far from simple, and it's extended process. So it's not just sign up and you're done at all. Consumers have to do a lot of follow-up or have somebody doing it for them. Kylan? Yeah, Greg, I had a question. What's a benefit that many people really wouldn't know about when buying a brand new home? Well, I, I really think that we've taken great steps in energy efficiency. And, and Somebody's stealing someone's car. It's a clown car. No, no. <laughs> Greg's in a cr- clown car on, on Sundays. <laughs> I've got the big nose and shoes on. Yeah, that's, guys, right. So that's right. I'm sorry, Greg. Go ahead. <laughs> well, you know, I, I happen to think that the energy efficiency aspect is not something that we always think about. But your homes that are brand new feel better because they're tighter. The windows are better. The seals are better. The, uh, uh, the mechanicals that are servicing it are better. You know, it's an unexpected consequence. It's a really good one. You say, hey, I got all this nice, shiny new stuff in my house. But the house feels better during the extreme months of the year. And I think that's something a lot of people forget about. Lisa, should home buyers building a new home have inspections done independently? You know, we've got city inspectors coming in there. We've got trade inspectors. But when and how should those be handled? And are the builders actually going to let you do it? Yeah, builders understand that the consumer wants to definitely have their people and their eyes on it. So you can either do... Some people do up to three inspections, which could start at foundation. Then you have a pre-drywall inspection when all the walls are open and you can see the plumbing and the electrical. And then the most important one is obviously right before closing, about seven to ten days out. That way it gives you, as the buyer, a chance just to go through blue tapes and stuff, make sure everything works okay. And uh, Greg Cooper, again with us this morning, that was Lisa Phillips. <laughs> Greg, when it comes to those warranties on new, newly built homes, how are those implemented? Well, you, everybody just thinks, hey, I've got one warranty, it covers all. Well, that's not necessarily true. You are going to have great warranties on your brand new home. You're going to have a structural foundation warranty that's generally a 10-year warranty. And the thing that's really important since the 2008-9 housing crash is that those structural warranties sit independent of the builder. So if the builder decides to go to Tahiti, you've still got a great structural warranty. And then things like furnace and air conditioning and appliances, those will all have their own individual warranties. But you're going to be well covered as you would purchase a new home for those types of things. Lisa, for us, for my generation, we've Mm -hmm. done a lot of the do-it-yourself, you-do-you type thing. And I know there are a lot of complications with buying a new home, but do you actually need a realtor? Like, why would I need a realtor when buying a brand new home? So if you look at it, the people that work for the builder work for the builder and they're needs are to satisfy the builder. So you really need some representation. So if you haven't recently built a home, it's incredibly helpful to have someone helping you through the process. It helps to have a facilitator to explain different situations and to help when there's stuff that happens, 
just to represent you and to go fight for you and make sure things get done right. I love that. Yeah, I do too. And so, Greg, if we're interested in you and Lisa, you can, if we say we want a brand new home, we don't necessarily have to go to that development. We can actually come to you guys and you'll say, and you'll find us that brand new home we're looking for. Absolutely. We, We have a great relationship with builders they they like to see us coming because builders know if we're going to be there to advocate for the process and help the buyer understand things there's a much more likelihood a much greater likelihood that things are going to go smoothly for everybody involved in the transaction okay all right hey listen everybody if you want to get in touch with the, these two which we really these we've known them for a long this time and have such deal. trust they're the real deal who's your home values 2023.com you can also check out crossroads collective homes.com greg cooper you'll find him on social media and also uh, Lisa Phillips. Just look for their names and you'll find them. Hey, thank you both so much. Enjoy this Sunday and we will look forward. We'll not talk with you next week because we'll have the race right here on WIBC, but we'll talk to you in the 1st of June and would love for the two of you to come back in studio and talk to us about um, and take calls from our listeners about buying a home during this summer now that graduation's over and you might find some empty nesters and those that are looking to downsize. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. Well, we're looking forward. We're so looking much. forward, to, and when we come in, we'll bring pastries the next time. Yes, sir. We'll take it. Hey, we'll talk to you all soon. Thanks so much. It's eleven thirty-five. So when the cold has got you feeling numb, I hope that you don't mind, cause baby, I'll bring you some sunshine. 93 WIBC. It's the first day with Terry Stacy. I'm Kylan Talley. I hope it's going to have just as much sunshine as it is right now, a week from today, where Indy 500 kicks off. Uh, it's full day or Armed Forces, Armed day. Forces day. Yeah. Practice and just practice. got underway. Oh, I'm so excited to see how it turns out. And if you're there out at the track, you should stop by at the IMS Museum. It's a fantastic place. And Denny got to stop by and and share his visit with us. Joining me is an old friend from Speedway Public Schools, Mike Furnish, and I went to AC Newbie School, and those of you who are listening know that AC Newbie was one of the founders of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. But Mike recently retired as CEO of the Special Olympics here in Central Indiana, and we are currently at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Museum. We're down in the basement where Mike has invited me to come. Mike is a volunteer here as a tour guide for visitors, and those visitors literally come from all over the world. I, I talked him into sharing some time with us about this wonderful place here on campus of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. So, Michael, thanks for taking time to talk with me. It's so great to see you again. Mike, we've all heard stories about what's here in the basement of the 500 Museum. Now, now I'm down here, and it has literally taken my breath away. But from your standpoint, what's so special about this basement? The uh, way I would describe the specialness of this place is that you'll find a collection of these cars nowhere else. It is iconic. It is eclectic. There are old cars. There are recent cars. There are all kinds of different cars. Almost an assurance anybody who likes cars will find something down here they connect to. When I say breathtaking, I mean breathtaking from all ages. I see Grand Prix stuff. I see certainly Indianapolis Motor Speedway stuff. It is it just it just takes your breath away, Mike. Uh, do you have a favorite favorite exhibit here in the in the basement? I'm sworn to secrecy about what cars are down here, but I can confess I relate strongly to a car, a truck that Larry Basiglia used to drive here during our youth. That's right. And so he, was, he was the first one in line. And the old saying was, if you were first in line, you got in free. Is that, was that the case? It, it, that was the saying. The truth is it wasn't free, okay. at, at least until Larry became famous. He, he got here for the first time to be first in line in 1950. 
and after several years, he became a local legend because of his uh, heralding of the oncoming of the month of May and the Indy 500. It was a wonderful place to grow up, Mike. We grew up here, and people, when I tell them I grew up in Speedway, they, they see me get a little bit glassy-eyed, and I, it was just so special. And what I remember about Larry Basilio is that he had decals all over his van, and uh, he was an incredible individual. You told me he was a mechanic once? He was a mechanic. It's how he got drawn here. Somebody told him if he was first in line, he drove from California here for that honor. Once he was here, he embraced the idea of being a fan, which symbolically is the same for you, me, and hundreds of thousands of other people. We just, we own this experience. It, when you come here, you belong. And it's in our DNA now, Michael. It, it you is. Know, we, we grew up uh, in Indianapolis. We both came to Speedway a little bit later uh, in our youth. By golly, it's here. Do all the winning cars of the 500 end up in this basement? Uh, no. Actually, most of the winning cars that we are part of our collection are upstairs in the museum that's easy to access. The basement tour is a little more expensive. There is no program by which winning cars become part of the, the museum's collection. Quite often, we obtain cars as a gift or a loan. Sometimes we've been able to acquire those cars, but no, not all the cars. Not like the Daytona 500, where automatically they grab the car and don't let it go. A couple of years ago, I remember there was an auction. Uh, were the pieces that were put up for auction, did they come from the basement or did they come from another collection? Uh, the first time I was allowed to come down the basement myself after working here two years, the basement was wall-to-wall cars. It, you had to tiptoe through the collection. Oh, my. And <clears throat> a decision was made to uh, move out the cars that didn't directly relate to this property or didn't directly relate to Tony Holman's legendary collection of classic cars. The the voice you hear is that of my old friend, Mike Furnish. Mike and I went to Speedway High School, graduated in the class of 1970. Michael was a sportsman. He was a pitcher on the baseball <laughs> team. He was the floor general for the basketball team. But uh, we've both joined up here in the basement of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Mike retired from the Special Olympics, uh, what, three years ago, Mike? It's now five years ago. Five years ago. <laughs> One of us is getting older. <laughs> Are there any personal effects of drivers down here in the basement, Mike? Not so much. We do have a collection of material other than cars, lots of trophies, lots of programs, lots of books. Not so many personal effects of drivers. Driver's suits may be the most conspicuous thing that we maybe carry forward for drivers from, from there. Are they down here in the basement or are they upstairs in the museum where everybody can see them? Combination of both. Part of the game plan here is to rotate the exhibitions upstairs in the museum. So stuff may be on display upstairs for a period of time and then return to the basement if we own it. So the answer is yes to both. We Upstairs, you'll see stuff. Downstairs, we have things that are probably yet to be displayed. So the one thing I don't see down here is an elevator, a great big freight elevator. How do you get these cars upstairs or how do you get the upstairs cars downstairs? It's a bit of a laborious process. This building was built in 1974 and it's not all 100% suited to moving the collection around. We have a ramp down to the basement and we can then reverse that process us to get a car out of the basement, move it around to the other side of the building where we can access the, the you know, museum. That's a, that's a little bit more difficult than just a, a basic car dealership. They seem to have that down pretty good. <laughs> you're, you're still old school here. Hey, how often do the exhibits change upstairs? We rotate exhibits two or three times a year, and, and it's a nice space of a museum, so we have the ability to build out an exhibit while the museum stays open. So we're, we're rotating an exhibit two or three times in the course of a year. 
All right, so I see all this inventory of cars, and I'm looking, and I'm guessing there's 75 cars or more of all vintages down here. Do you have an overflow? Where do you put things that are, aren't upstairs and aren't downstairs? Do you have other places to store things? There are some off-campus storage spaces, and actually that's been part of the process of removing some of the inventory. We were filling every space we could acquire with cars, pace cars, and the such, and, and we still have some storage off-site here, but we also then go out into the community for some warehouse space. Do you have, ever have uh, what I'm going to call dealers come in and try to acquire from the collection? Everything comes in, but nothing goes out? The answer is we hold on to those pieces that are most dear and important to us, and those are not available. We occasionally will have someone come in to check out a vehicle because they're maybe thinking about getting something similar, and they want to see oh. it. They, they want to size it up. They want to begin to develop an appreciation for its value. These are one-of-a-kind vehicles down here, Mike. I mean, virtually every one. I'm looking to my left, and I'm looking through three rows. I'm looking straight down, and that's at least uh, 75, 100 yards. You're a better judge of uh, distance, but my goodness, I would think that this would be a great place to do research uh, on just about anything of a vintage car from, uh, from IndyCar series. Last question, has anybody ever put a value on this down here for insurance purposes? I mean, I remember doing it for plumbing trucks, and I can imagine you did it for all the vehicles at Special Olympics and stuff. How do you put a value on this? I see the sprinkler systems. I see cameras. You know, nothing's going to get stolen. But what happens if there's a disaster? We don't at least publicly declare a value here. And the reality is the cars that exist here are much like art, and it's difficult to value art as well. The the notion is that how could you replace that AJ? Foyt car. How how could you put a price on what that would mean? And I and in that respect, we uh, we're, we're fairly unwilling or uninterested in trying to put a, a price tag on the place. That voice you hear is a friend of mine, uh, Mike Furnish. Mike is a docent. He is a tour guide here at the Indianapolis 500 Museum. Mike, if somebody wants to come down here, I would think it's a good investment. If you're a car guy, if you're an Indianapolis Motor Speedway fan, how much does it cost to come down and visit this? The basement tour is available most days of the year and it costs $150 for a person to come down and spend a half hour, 45 minutes with one of our experts. You know, that is money well spent. I would say I'm going to get my grandson and I'm coming back by here. So Mike Furnish, thanks for the tour. Upstairs, you can come, what, 364 days a year? I think we're closed Christmas and Thanksgiving only. So virtually any day of the year, come over here. We'd be happy to see you. We show people around proudly. Oh, you're wonderful. Mike Furnish, proud Speedway spark plug, as am I. Thank you for the invitation to come here to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Denny, my pleasure. Terrific, terrific interview, Denny. I love that basement of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. The museum is phenomenal. I can't wait to go visit. You it's gotta really go. cool. You gotta it go. really is cool. Great interview. I love Mike. Well, here's He's the such funny a good thing. guy. Yeah, Mike Special just kept Olympics. saying, how's Terry? How's Terry? I said, how do you know Terry? Oh. He says, Terry was one of the greatest supporters of Special Olympics. And Mike was the CEO there forever. He but he remembered you for job. sure. I, I'm crazy about him. So it was great to hear his voice. Uh, it's 1148. Before we take a quick break, we've got a space launch today. And you know I love talking. <gasps> I know, Kylan. I love it. Oh, yeah. I know not everybody does. But this is kind of neat. Four private citizens are about to blast off from the Kennedy Space Center in Florida for a spacecraft ride to the International Space Station. And this should take place. The crew members on upcoming flight include American Peggy Whitson, Mission Commander Axiom's Director of Human Space Flight. These are just regular people. And they're expected to spend 10 days aboard the space station living and working alongside the facility's current crew of seven astronauts. That's going to take place, hopefully, if all goes well. The launch window begins at 5.37 this evening. If the, fa- if the launch fails to proceed today, 
the backup opportunity is at 5.14 p.m. tomorrow. So if you're like me, you're always watching. SpaceX YouTube channel is where you'll be able to see it today. Um, question. Yes, Kylan, you in the back? I am super happy you're here, Terry, and that you're going out to the Indy 500, or the track for tonight. But why aren't you there? Why aren't you flying up there with them? Oh, with the spacecraft? She yeah. Says you know, nor- I hate flying. No, no. They, she says they're normal people. They're not normal well, people. Well, you know. They're very rich normal <laughs> right. people. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. They're, All right. We need to start a rich. fund. Yeah. We need no, to get Terry. I, I, I'm not good. Uh, the last time I flew anywhere was in a hot air balloon and that even... It, I, you won't I, even I, fly really? with me in the gyrocopter. That is, I'm not I take that personally more. too, Terry. With this intriguing... And like you I get so excited about all this. I love watching it. That's for sure. Well... All right, coming back, uh, we'll see if we've got some time. Denny's got some information about what, Mexico? What is considered wealthy across the world? And I was attracted to Mexico. It'll surprise you what is considered rich. How much is wealthy since we're talking about the rich and famous? Let's do that. When we come back, you're listening to The First Day on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. 1154, 70 degrees. It's perfect out there. I hope you're able to get out there and enjoy it. If not at the Speedway. Maybe you could go to the Unicorn World, the convention center. $38. It was, it, is that how much it is? That's how much it was. The kids, if you're under two, you get in free, Terrell. Oh, okay. oh, I'm two. <laughs> we could oh, pass you off as you. Birth certificate. To walk you through. Uh, Terry Stacy, along with Kylan Talley. And uh, again, our thanks to Greg Cooper and Lisa Phillips, real estate consultants with Crossroads Collective at Compass Real Estate. And uh, who's your home values 2023? Is it values or value? Values, plural. Values 2023.com. That's a place to find them. And uh, good people. We'll have them here in a couple of weeks. Denny Smith, though, now is going to tell us about what's really, what is rich in other it's, countries? It's so funny. We, we are a, a, a nation and a community of comparisons. When we're kids, we compare height and weight. You know, we compare our grades. Yeah. When we go off to school, we compare schools. When we get married, we compare our kids. Right. I was a wealth manager for 20 years. And what I found is that everybody wants to know, well, how do I compare it in, you know, with my network, how do I compare? Well, somebody, one of those old clients reached out to me and says, what's the definition of wealthy in Mexico? So I did some research this week. What is rich in Mexico? Comfortable. You can live comfortably in Mexico on $800 a month. Really? Upper upper middle class is thirty thousand dollars a year U.S. Now that you compare that, you know, one Mexican pay it takes eight Mexican pesos to make one dollar. Upper middle class is thirty thousand dollars a year. Rich, wow. this is going to knock you out. Sixty thousand dollars a year, and you are rich in upper oh my class. Gosh. Kai, oh well, you call me. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? Sixty thousand dollars is rich. Sixty thousand dollars is yeah. rich. And so I had, just to compare here in America, what's rich? Uh, upper middle class would be considered two fifty. Rich would okay. probably, and th- this is income. Rich would middle probably class. be in the four to five hundred thousand. I'm still a year. not even in upper middle class. <laughs> we all I'm struggle, not. but okay, you know, but that's okay. It's because I'm comfortable and happy and... The richest woman I ever knew lived on $18,000 a year, and her biggest challenge was her kids tried to borrow money from her. And I actually called the kids and said, lay off, lay off Bessie. She's making it on... Yeah, she was amazing. Just And the happiest woman in the world. That's where Very we have to be. That's okay, where we, we have will to continue be. this conversation when we return. <laughs> Kylan? 
Oh, Brendan King will be joining us for a track report. Oh, the latest on what's happening out at the mm-hmm. track. That's, That's coming up. Hour. News is next. 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.